0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I'm happy you're here. Before we get started in today's episode, can you please, please do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, I think you can just press the follow button. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you could subscribe and whatever else you're supposed to do on YouTube, it is a huge help for me. We do not take advertising on this podcast. We've been approached to take advertising and we respectfully decline because it is my mission to get this information to you in the most concise way I possibly can. And that means kind of reducing all the fluff. If you notice, we don't have an intro song. Uh, we just get right to it. So if you could please take just a second or two and leave me a thoughtful rating interview, I would, it would mean so, so much to me. So thank you in advance. All right. So today we are talking about stress and how to work out when you're stressed. And today I want to give you some ideas on how what happens in your body when you're stressed and then how to exercise when you are experiencing a particularly stressful time in your life. We all know that exercise can be stress reducing, but it can also contribute to stress, which can often spiral the issue. I think a lot of people avoid moving or exercising altogether when they're going through a stressful time because they think that they need to have an intense killer session or like, why bother at all? And to me, this is a little bit counterproductive. I'm a firm believer that your ability to kind of dip and dive through different obstacles in your life instead of staying rigid and stuck to a routine, the more you can do that, the better you can do that, the more successful your life will be. And your health will be better as well. I think the healthiest people have that kind of ability. To navigate different stuff in their life and adapt accordingly, depending on what's going on in their life. So inevitably we will have stressful times and it's just about recognizing when you're in one of those stressful times and trying to adapt around it because sometimes you can't always avoid stress it's going to happen. It's okay. It's not always a bad thing. A lot of times we come out the other side stronger, but if we can just figure out, okay, this, this is going on. I need to take care of myself a little bit more. I think we'll be so much better off. So today I'll talk about why you're actually more likely to get injured when you're experiencing an emotionally stressful time. We'll talk about the endocrine responses to stress. We'll talk about how to recognize when you're stressed. Cause I think a lot of people don't even recognize it. That happened to me recently and i'll give you my suggestion for how to exercise when you're experiencing a mentally stressful time so Have you ever experienced a time in your life where you're going through something emotionally, you're not sleeping well, and around the same time you have a flare up somewhere in your body and it just feels like, Oh my gosh, when it rains, it pours. Like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm dealing with this in my life. And now my neck is killing me. This is not a coincidence. This is very common to experience more pain when you're going through an emotionally stressful time, because when you are emotionally stressed, the inflammation markers in your body shoot up and you can experience more physical pain. This actually happened to me a few months ago when we were moving from Durham, North Carolina out to Los Angeles, you know, running a business, trying to keep all that together and also trying to move across the country. I was, you know, a little mentally stressed, let alone my environment was chaos. Like I, you know, my house was in boxes. I just felt very much disoriented a lot of the times. And around that time, I was starting to experience a little bit of a flare up in my back. It wasn't because I was changing anything in my nutrition or in my workouts or anything like that. It was just because I had layered on some, you know, unexpected stress. And so what I realized is I was like, oh, I felt it a little bit. I'm just going to back off the intensity of my workouts just a little bit to adapt for this stressful time that I know was just temporary instead of just like, you know, head down, keep bearing through it, keep going, even though your body hurts. I don't think that's a sustainable way to go about it. I really think that when you feel something going on in your body, you need to listen to that. Um, If I'm not a broken record about this, I don't know what is, but this did happen to me recently. And now my back is totally fine, by the way. I used to have chronic back pain, if this were you know, four years ago, that would have lasted for six months, but I took time, I, I cared for my body, and then now it's gone away. Studies show that increased mental stress will put you at greater risk of injuries because stress can disrupt what's called your neuroendocrine system or the connection between your brain and your hormones. It can mess with your cortisol levels, and it can also kind of take your eye off the ball while you're actually working out. Because when you're emotionally stressed, your concentration decreases, your attention narrows. So you actually kind of get like tunnel vision, your level of self-consciousness increases. So you can become more insecure when you are mentally stressed. And it also causes increased muscle tension and decreased coordination. So all of these things combined can make you more prone to an injury during a workout. Also, the fact that when you're mentally stressed, your level of inflammation increases. So all of these things make you a little bit more vulnerable during your workout and something to really consider. So prolonged stress can also increase your pain levels, like I said, because your body becomes inflamed due to uh, increased regulation of stress hormones like cortisol. So your cortisol shoots through the roof, your inflammation increases, and you can start to develop more pain in your body. So all of these things are important to recognize, but this podcast is not intended to be prescriptive. This is not a one size fits all for, exactly how much you should exercise for every single person to modulate stress and to optimize your physical and mental health. It's just intended to explain the process, explain kind of under the hood, what's going on and to get you to think and experiment with yourself. When you do come across a time in your life where you're experiencing some stressful times, again, it's not about just putting your head down and continuing to go through with your routine, even though it's slowly breaking down your body exercise is a stress which in moderate doses is a good thing in fact studies show that those who exercise regularly are actually shown to tolerate mental stresses better than those who are sedentary so some exercise and those who exercise regularly we all know this is a good thing mentally right exercising during a stressful time can help manage stress but when you're emotionally stressed what type of exercise is beneficial for stress reduction and what type of exercise could be making the problem worse. And how would we know if this is happening? So the purpose of stress is, stress is anything that disrupts homeostasis or kind of the the balance of our body. So stress comes in and disrupts balance and causes chaos in our body. And it signals to your system that your system needs to adapt to this danger or to this stress or to this unaccustomed stimulus. And this signals to your system to respond and accommodate and adjust for that stressor that's disrupting your equilibrium. This can be good if your system isn't so overwhelmed with stress because the system can become more adept to handle stressors next time. So, in other words, your baseline for what you can tolerate moves up. Your equilibrium gets harder to disrupt next time. So, you come in, you stress your system with a little bit of exercise. Your system is like, Oh, something's going on. We need to adapt by laying down more muscle or improving your cardiovascular system or whatever it is. And then, if you, if you don't overstress your system with either too much exercise or too much emotional stress, your body has time to lay down new muscle, um, improve your cardiac, out, um, output, things like that, so that the next time you encounter that stress, it doesn't break down quite so easily, right? It's a little stronger the next time your threshold or your baseline moves up. So, your neuroendocrine system is what is the most responsive to stress, both stress from physical and mental sources. And this can give you a lot of indicators of if you're stressing your body too much or too little. So your neuroendocrine system, like I said earlier, is the connection between your brain and your hormones. It's the reason you can think a thought and have a physical chemical reaction in your body. It's the reason you, know, you can think of a stressful situation and have butterflies in your stomach, right? Those butterflies in your stomach are because of the hormone that was released from the thought that you thought in your head. And there's over a dozen hormones that are involved in the stress response from exercise, including testosterone, estrogen, growth hormone, and more. But scientists tend to focus on hormones that affect what's called the sympathetic nervous system, which are norepinephrine, epinephrine, ACTH, and cortisol. So these are the hormones that come in and kind of ramp you up or make you um, increase that fight or flight response. How much your neuroendocrine system responds is related to the volume of exercise. So either how intensely you're exercising or for how long you're exercising. So the volume, the more intense and, or the longer your session, the more severe, the response from your neuroendocrine system makes sense, right? The more stress you have, the more your neuroendocrine system will try to fight back to keep you safe. There's actually a critical intensity of exercise that needs to be released or reached before these circulating stress hormones are released. So, this is about 50 to 60% of your max exertion. So, if you're staying about below 50% of your max exertion, you may not trigger this kind of stress hormone releasing a cascade, which oftentimes when you're emotionally stressed can tend to set you over the edge. So that's kind of something to keep in mind. If you are experiencing a really stressful time, maybe staying below that 50% max exertion in your workouts might be the most beneficial for you right now. So you're not tipping the scale and causing more problems for yourself. Interestingly, a steady state with steady state cardio these stress hormones continue to rise as the duration increases. Steady state cardio can be very stressful on your system. So usually these stress hormones tend to fall back down to baseline during the recovery from exercise, so kind of right after you're done exercising, unless the exercise is too intense or too long or too frequent, in which case these hormone levels can get disrupted and you can um develop overtraining syndrome. Overtraining syndrome usually leads to undertraining, which is really interesting because your muscles get weaker, you may start to gain weight, you just overall feel like crap. You can't sleep. You get moody. You get all of these problems because you're overtraining. And this is because your system is too stressed out. Maybe you're too emotionally stressed and you're layering on a ton of additional intense or long training sessions. Your body's like, whoa, we are overwhelmed. Your hormones get all out of whack. And you develop all of these symptoms uh, that are undesirable and really are backtracking you. So the time you're putting into your workouts isn't actually moving you forward. So I recently did a podcast that was released on July 15th of 2021, and it talks about how overtraining leads to undertraining. So if you want to learn a bit more about that, if you think you might be undertraining because you're overtraining, go check that out. But I think that that's important to talk about in this episode, because again, I think people go through something in their life where they're emotionally stressed, they're already, you know, at their tipping point and then they continue with their intense routines and then they just tip over, they spill over and they develop overtraining syndrome. So, here are some things that are important to keep in mind when you are training in a or you're working out when you're experiencing an emotionally stressful time. There are some neuroendocrine responses that can be heightened or, um, or made, you know, more severe if these certain things are going on in your workouts. So Number one, if your competition, if the competition is more severe. So sometimes this happens in group fitness, right? You're looking at the person next to you and you're competing with them, or maybe you're even competing with yourself or you're running a race or you're playing a sport or whatever it may be. When you have that higher level of competition, the neuroendocrine response is increased. So that circulating cortisol, those circulating stress hormones are increased. So when you're going through a particularly stressful time might be something to consider. Maybe instead of going to play a really intense, you know, um, soccer match with your friends, maybe you take that out on the week that you're super stressed out heat and cold can increase the neuroendocrine response or the stress response so again if you're super stressed stressed out maybe take out that hot yoga class and just go to a room temperature yoga class instead or maybe you know don't go for that run in the middle of the winter Another thing that can increase your neuroendocrine response is higher levels of anaerobic activity. So something like an intense hit session where you are really breathless and you're near your max. Again, that might not be an appropriate session to do when you're super stressed out. Other things that can influence the neuroendocrine response and increase that stress response are menstrual cycle fluctuations, so time of the month, uh, nutrition and meal timing, so when you're eating, how hungry are you, when was your last meal, have you replenished after your last workout? Um, if you are new to exercise or if you're switching up your routine. So if you've been exercising at a certain intensity for seven weeks or longer, this is interesting. Your neuroendocrine system will be less affected than someone who is switching it up. So again, it might not be the best time to switch up your routine when you are going through a stressful time. So to kind of demonstrate how this high level of stress of mental stress can be detrimental for our training and for our physical body. I want to link this study that I'll link in the show notes. So this study showed two groups of people exercising on a bike. One group, uh, underwent a mentally stressful computerized test. So they were biking and they had to do this kind of mentally stressful test at the same time. The other exercised without this. The group who exercised with the mental stress had significantly higher cortisol and norepinephrine levels, which are shown to have you know, negative health consequences when those hormones are in high levels for long periods of time. So again, just goes to show when you've got some stuff going on mentally, it absolutely can influence how you adapt physically. People who have higher levels of emotional stress are actually more likely to receive less strength adaptations from exercise. They're more likely to get sick and they have a higher likelihood of injury. They also take longer to recover from injury. Um, So again, if you're someone who's working out, you know you have a high level of stress, it may take you a little bit longer to develop strength. You may have to be a little bit more careful. You might have have to take a couple extra recovery days. You know, in my program, I recommend two recovery days a week, If you're, you know, super stressed out and you got a lot going on in your life, maybe you take three recovery days, maybe you take four recovery days. Allow your body enough time to recover from the stress that you're actually putting in during your workouts. To quote an article that I'll attach in the show notes, when general stress is excessive, the whole organism needs a rest. It cannot afford a struggle anywhere. So when general stress is excessive, So that's physical stress or emotional stress. The whole organism, the whole person needs a rest. It cannot afford a struggle anywhere. They go on to say that if chronic stress is unavoidable, which oftentimes it is because we're humans and we sometimes will come across times in our life where stress is unavoidable, that you should be very intentional about the type and frequency of workouts that you're doing. So many of you may be emotionally stressed and not even realize it because it's the baseline of how you operate. It's relative to you. You don't have anyone else to compare your stress levels against. So, you know, your 10 out of 10 stress may feel like someone else's normal day, may feel like someone else's three out of 10 stress. So what you can do is evaluate some of the symptoms or some things that you're experiencing in your body to determine, to determine am I stressed out? You know, am I chronically stressed? So here are some good things to kind of look at are you feeling irritable? And a lot of times this can be extreme or like uncontrollable. Like you can't calm down. Like everything is getting under your skin. Are you always fatigued? Even if you feel like you've gotten enough sleep, do you get headaches? Do you have difficulty concentrating or the inability to do so? You know, a lot of people will get diagnosed with ADD and really it's just stress. Um, rapid disorganized thoughts. Again, going back to that ADD thing, a lot of people will get diagnosed with ADD when really it's just overstressing their body mentally or physically, difficulty sleeping, digestive problems, changes in appetite, feeling helpless, a perceived loss of control, low self-esteem, muscle tension or pain, loss of sexual desire, nervousness, infrequent or frequent infections or illness. So if you're getting sick all the time, So, if you're experiencing a lot of these symptoms what i want you to do is start by listening to the podcast that i did with licensed counselor jewel anderson Uh, we did this a few weeks ago it's called exercise as an emotional defense and i think it's really important to emphasize that using exercise to buffer or push down or ignore emotional stresses is not the long-term solution so go listen to that podcast and i'll give you some tools here in a minute on Uh, how you can work out during times of stress. But if you feel like this is something that you're having trouble controlling, please consider seeing a licensed professional because I truly think These are some underlying things that if you start to get resolved and start to get a handle on, you will actually see so much better results in your workouts. Because again, your baseline level of stress may be high and you don't even realize it and your body isn't able to adapt from exercise. So definitely, definitely, please, if this is something you feel like might be an issue for you, go see a licensed professional. All right, so let's get to the final segment of this episode, which is how to exercise if you are going through a stressful time. My first recommendation is to keep the movements simple. Since stress reduces concentration, it may make completing like a complex or a heavy compound lift more risky, right? Because there's more for your body to focus on. If you have less concentration, you're more likely to get injured. I mean, I recommend sticking to more simple movements and more muscle isolation lifts for pretty much everyone but it may be worth narrowing your concentration even more when you're chronically stressed and you're in that tunnel vision mode. So keep those movements really simple. If you're an EVLO member, you don't have to worry about this because we do really simple movements in all of our build and our burn classes. So that's number one is to keep the movement simple when you're stressed. Number two is to reduce intensity. And you may want to gravitate towards that high intensity workout because it'll give you that brief endorphin kick. But all that's doing is stressing out your system more and compounding the issue. So if you love high intensity, I mean, and you feel like it helps you do it, but I would recommend keeping your workouts shorter. If you are going to go the high intensity route Um, again, so you're not overstressing your system since you're going to have a harder time recovering when you're going through emotionally stressful times. If you're one of those people that hate high intensity, doing a high intensity workout could backfire because people, some people respond negatively to the high endorphins of high intensity exercise. Some people will get a high from a high intensity exercise and some people will actually experience a low. So again, this could make the problem worse. If you're one of those people that you hate and dread high intensity workout, and kind of makes you feel like crap afterwards. Definitely don't do high intensity workouts when you're stressed out. Also, if you're dreading your intense workout, Skip it. Studies show that a gentle walk can be just as effective for stress relief and maybe more effective since you aren't layering on the additional stress from the dread, right? It's also easier on your central nervous system. A walk is, which may be less likely to tip over that stress bucket. So if, if all else fails and you're like, what do I do? Maybe just take an easy walk. All right. So number one was keep the movement simple. Number two was reduce intensity. Number three is to choose slow controlled movements. This is not the time that we're going to hit a PR. This is not the time that we're doing really crazy quick movements. Slow it down. Again, your concentration is narrow during this time. So you need to go slow to make sure that you're protecting your joints and staying safe. And then we've got consider taking an additional recovery day like I talked about earlier or just days where you go on a walk. Again, your body's going to need a bit more time to recover when you're emotionally stressed. So don't feel guilty taking an extra day to recover. In fact, this may be more beneficial for you because that may give your body a little bit more time to actually build the muscle from the session that you did um, the day before or whatever. And then lastly, always prioritize more sleep than extra time in your workout. And I believe doing this, whether or not you're stressed, but especially when you're stressed, your body needs that sleep. Like I said earlier, when the whole organism is stressed, it can't afford to struggle anywhere else. So the last thing you need to do is make yourself more sleep deprived. So if it's between getting 30 more extra hours or 30 more extra minutes of sleep or 30 more extra minutes of your workout, choose the sleep. I promise you that 30 minutes that you actually do get in your workout instead of the full hour will be so much more effective than getting in the full hour on less sleep. All right. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it gave you some action items. If you'd like to join a program where we preach working with your body, not against it, we would love to have you in Evlo Fitness, -fitness evlofitness.com. We work out Monday through Friday. I teach a live class Monday through Friday. The program is super structured. So we'll work legs on, on Monday, uh, upper body on Tuesday, We'll do a Pilates class on Wednesday, yoga or bar on Thursday, and then full body on Friday. So we structure each workout to fit into the other workouts like a puzzle piece. So you're stressing your body enough to see change, but not so much that you're actually breaking down muscle and causing more joint pain. So we would love to have you there and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.